All right. We're here in uh, Morristown. I'm here with a bunch of English people, and we're about to do some predictions. Steve, before the game, I need your predictions. 2-0. Steve goes to, to who? <laughs> Dean. I was going to go 2-0 as well. 2-1. To England? Yeah. All right. Katie. 3-1. Sweden? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 3-1 England. Michelle? Um, Sweden, 1-0. All right. Michelle's about to get kicked out. Michelle's about to get kicked out. Christy, what about you? I'm going to say 1-1 one, one penalties. <laughs> Who wins in England? England wins in uh, Peer pressure. She's married to an Englishman. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, too much. All right, we'll check back in at halftime. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us today on Football's Law 18. Today's episode um, follows the England-Sweden match and the Croatia-Russia match, the final two quarterfinals of um, the World Cup in Russia 2018. Funny things happen in both games. England have beaten Sweden, and they will face Croatia, who have beaten Russia, in the semifinal. As we all may or may not know, the other side of the semifinal is France versus Belgium. And I think that's going to be a great match. But we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about England, Sweden, and Russia, Croatia, and give you my pointers on that. I thought that, well, we'll start, obviously, with England versus Sweden. Final there was 2-0. First half ended 1-0 for England. Great goal off of a a corner. Uh, Put, you know, he he just reached up, put a really solid header to it, and uh, and it went in. England, I think, were comfortable uh, at that point. Uh, that was the breakthrough that they needed. Uh, Sweden, for the most part, never really thought that they were threatening at all. Um, they did have a couple of chances, and then England were able to get a second with Deli Alley, also off of a header. But this time, it wasn't um, it wasn't a dead ball situation. Uh, it was a cross uh, from right outside the eighteen. I think that England. Overall, looked very comfortable throughout the match. Um, I think that Sweden, from the beginning, it seemed like uh, they were on the back foot uh, right from the start. They, um, I think, they had a defeated, you know, mentality, uh, which was kind of upsetting because I really thought that they were going to push the limits a little bit with uh, with England. Um, I do think that Pickford had a great match. Uh, I do think that there are a little bit of warning signs. Uh, for England, uh, and and it's hard to really start putting warning signs and saying that these are warning signs because really England never looked like they were under duress uh, at any point in the match. I think that the few, not the few, I want to say like a handful of saves that Pickford did or had yesterday were dangerous ones, and that's really the red flag uh, of the game for me. The fact that the, the, the handful of chances that Sweden had, uh, if they would have converted half of them, uh, they, they, England would have been in a lot of trouble. There are chances that are really avoidable. Uh, I don't think that England had to play defense that much. Uh, I think that England were very, very comfortable from the start, and that's really what forced the situation where the, the chances did look dangerous. I think that uh, the back three of, um, of Harry Maguire, John Stones, and Kyle Walker really work well together in this World Cup, and I, really, uh, I, I do think that this has been something that Gareth Southgate has gotten right. Um, 
the midfield also, uh, which yesterday contained uh, Ashley Young, Jesse Lingard, uh, Jordan Henderson, Deli Alley, and Kieran Trippier. Uh, also, th- it's a working formula, I think. I think that Jordan Henderson yesterday did not have his best games, but I think that Jordan Henderson, for the most part, this tournament has had a great and fabulous tournament. Um, he's He's been solid, uh, you know, put, put, put aside yesterday's performance, which I didn't think was that bad. I didn't think it was it was up to the, the mustard that he, he performed over the last... Uh, game, a couple of games before that. Um, and then in front, you have uh, Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling. Um, I have doubts about Raheem Sterling. And I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, you know, the way he plays, he gets chances. He opens up the play for Harry Kane. Yesterday, Harry Kane had one chance. And yesterday, had Harry Kane had one chance because I, I consider it a bad touch from Raheem Sterling. Uh, the rest of the chances, uh, barring the two goals from Deli Alley and Harry Maguire, Raheem Sterling had the other chances, and Raheem Sterling put himself in a very, very good position, and he didn't score. Uh, one was called back for offside, but he did not know it was offside, so he was one-on-one with the keeper, and he missed. The other one was one-on-one with the keeper, and he missed. And putting in pr- into perspective that England were comfortable against Sweden, and England didn't necessarily need Raheem Sterling's goals. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case against Croatia. And if they do make it past Croatia, whoever they meet in the final uh, between uh, Belgium and France, Raheem Sterling is going to have to finish those. Uh, Because if Raheem Sterling doesn't finish those, England will lose. Because you you get circumstances and you get put in positions against good teams in the World Cup. And you put yourself in a position where you have to score, you know, against the Belgium, against the France, you're going to get an opportunity to maybe three that are clear cut chances. Yesterday, Raheem Sterling had two. One of them was offside. The other one wasn't. He missed both. And if you're going to miss the two clear cut chances that you get against a Belgium, against the France. And I'll even tell you against Croatia, and we'll get into the Croatia-Russia match after this. If you don't take your chances, you're going to lose the game. Because on the other side, Belgium are going to finish their chances. France are going to finish their chances. And we saw yesterday with Croatia-Russia, Croatia had a handful of chances. They finished two of them. So you're going to have to finish your chances, and you can't rely on the dead ball situation from a Harry Maguire goal, for example, or you can't rely on a Deli Alley goal. They're there, yes, and and Deli Ali has had a fantastic couple of seasons with Spurs, and he's shown his lethalness in in terms of finishing and scoring. But you can't rely on that. Deli Ali is not there to score goals. Deli Ali realistically is there to set up Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane to score goals, and so is the rest of the midfield. So for you to for you to look at the game yesterday and say, "Hey, we played very well. We won two nil. Uh, it was a clean sheet, and we're we're comfortable." Your goals came from a defender. And your goals came from uh, a midfielder. Your two um, forwards didn't score. Um, Harry Kane didn't look like he was in the game. He had a couple of really good touches. He had a near-miss chance that just went wide off of a bad touch from Raheem Sterling. But your other forward, Raheem Sterling, had two clear-cut chances. One of them, again, was was, was offside, and we'll, we'll call that back. But the other one, he should have cha- finished. He was one-on-one with the keeper, and he didn't. And <clears throat> the, difference, uh, the difference is... In this game, you're not going to – it's not going to matter. Uh, but in the next games, it will. Uh, semifinals and the final. So that's my take on that. I think that uh, England also are going to have to do something. 
against Croatia that they didn't do against Sweden. One of them is play defense uh, because Croatia's firing power and attack is a lot quicker and a lot better than Sweden's. Um, the other thing is I think that they're going to find the next gear. I think that yesterday England did not get put in a situation or a position where they had to find that that you know second or third gear. Um, I think that against Croatia, they're going to have to. I think Croatia proved yesterday, even after playing 120 minutes the day before and playing 120 minutes now, that they do have that second gear. I think that um, England are going to be at a huge advantage uh, simply for the fact that Croatia played two 120-minute games uh, back-to-back. Uh, I think that the rest period between the quarterfinal and the semifinal now is a little bit different than the group stage. Uh, so they're going to have to find their stride. Uh, the medical team for Croatia is going to have to have a, a hell of a time over the next couple of days to get their players fit. Um, with that, let's talk about the Croatia-Russia game. Croatia um, played decent, I think, in the first half. Uh, Russia, uh, as 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 usual with the tournament, they're playing out of their minds. Um, I, I, I have theories for that. I said it in the last podcast. Um, I even tweeted yesterday couple of times that uh, Croatian players towards the end of the game and into extra time were dropping like flies. They were tired. They were exhausted. Russia wasn't, uh, or at least from a perspective standpoint, they weren't. They didn't seem like they were tired. They didn't seem like they were, they were dropping like flies. And I have questions about that. Nevertheless, I think that the game at the beginning looked a little bit messy um, and, and just a little bit sloppy. Uh, Croatia was trying to press. Croatia was a lot more dangerous than Russia. Uh, then against the run of play, uh, a, a super strike uh, is is an understatement for for the goal, the first Russian goal uh, uh, from Dennis. Uh, I'm not going to even try to butcher his last name, um, <clears throat> but it was a great strike. It was a good goal. Uh, it was a little bit of a fortunate goal because it bounced just before the kick, which really gave it kind of the up and down loft that it got. But nevertheless, credit to him. Great goal. He has four goals in the season uh, in the, in the tournament so far. He's right behind um, Harry Kane for the Golden Boot, but he's gone. Um, so Russia goes up one nothing, and in the thirty first minute, thirty ninth minute, um, uh, uh, Croatia ties it, and now we have a game on our hands because I think that Russia scoring kind of was against the pl- run of play, and Croatia had to find that second gear to get that goal. And I think they, they, they did a very good job. And I think they got a, a very nifty goal um, <clears throat> right before the half because I think they, if they would have went into the half uh, down a goal, it would have been a problem for them. And you go into halftime and you think, okay, 1-1. Croatia is definitely going to come out and Croatia is going to want to play. And the second half was, again, messy, sloppy. Uh, I think that both teams were tired. I think that uh, fatigue started setting in because of the fact that um, they they had they had uh, played both of them 120 minutes the day before or the game before. Uh, number 23 uh, from Croatia, the keeper, uh, goes down towards the end of the second half uh, with um, um, what looks like a hamstring injury. And for a goalkeeper, that changes everything. The problem was that when he went down with a hamstring injury, Croatia already made all three of their subs. And um, the match at that point was destined for penalties. Um, It went into extra time. Uh, There was nothing eventful really in the second half other than the fact that Croatian players started really getting hurt. Um, 
uh, the difference here, if you look at the game, um, I think this tells you uh, a lot. Uh, the substitutions uh, tell you a lot. Uh, Rush's substitutions were um, the number 19, number 17, and number 6, um, and number 22. Those four substitutions that they had, and the reason why they got four, by the way, is because when you go into extra time, FIFA allows you an additional sub, a bonus sub. Um, <clears throat> the three substitutions were for um, attacking players. So the defense and for the most part the the two sitting in front of the defense for Russia number seven and number four were not touched uh, they didn't get tired even though it was on and on and on attack uh, the people that got tired necessarily for Russia were the attacking players meanwhile they weren't really attacking that much they were mostly chasing uh, the substitutions for Croatia were number four uh, Ivan Persic um, Number nine, uh, uh, Andre uh, Kemerich. Number two, um, Vrasil Cho. He's a defender. He's basically the right. The, um, number two was the the, the right back, and uh, Strinich, number three, which is the left back. Uh, and what that tells me is that even though uh, the, the the most of the play and the attacking play was was toured for Croatia against against Russia. The defenders were the ones that were getting tired. And I think that that fatigue wasn't really necessarily from this match. That fatigue was just accumulation from the fact that they played 120 minutes before. Um, I also want to give uh, Luka Modric, who won man of the match, uh, an enormous, enormous heads up and props. Because that guy is just a beast. Um, it, his tank is just full. And I think it's just it just shows from a professional standpoint if you pace yourself well, you could actually like you know you have some bursts of speed, and there were heart <clears throat> towards the end of the um, of the extra time. He he sprinted um, to get a ball from from going out for a goal kick, and and it was a long sprint, and he got it, and it just shows his professionalism. The guy the, the guy is a freak, and and I do have a soft spot for him since he played for Spurs, um, but he 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 did very well yesterday. Game goes into penalties. Um, uh, after actually there were a couple of, a couple of incidences that happened, Russia scored a goal, uh, in extra time. Uh, the goal came, um, uh, well first, uh, sorry, Avida from Croatia scored a, a beautiful goal and, um, it, the game at that point was destined to two, one, uh, until in the 115th minute, Mario Fernandez from Russia, uh, scored a, a goal from a corner. And now we're going to penalties, um, something that really nobody wanted to see from a Croatian side, and uh, it, it looked like it was slipping away from them. Uh, but then fatigue comes in, and mental fatigue also comes in in a situation like this when your body is just physically exhausted. I think that the penalties from both teams were poor. Um, nevertheless, uh, there were two saved by... Croatia and there was one saved by Russia um, but when it mattered uh, Croatia prevailed and now they're in the semifinal I think that Croatia are going to be very very exhausted for the England game I think England definitely has a leg up I will break down that game uh, on Tuesday night uh, just like I'm going to break down the first Belgium France game on Monday night for you guys and uh, give you my predictions then um, with that said, uh, I still think this is a great World Cup. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I think that the quality of football 
uh, may not be up to what people uh, wanted it in terms of having the big guys there, the Germanys, the, the Argentinas, the Brazils. But I think that if you watch yesterday's game, Croatia-Russia, uh, even though it was uh, the second half had no goals, and even though the first goal for Russia was against the run of play, you have to say that I, I I'll tell you that that game was entertaining for me. It was it was a lot of fun, especially that I'm supporting England and I wanted to see who was going to uh, play against them. Um, so from that standpoint, I still think this is a great World Cup, one of the best I've ever seen, if not the best I've ever seen or witnessed. Uh, and uh, we'll leave you with that basically. Um, love having you again. Thank you for being on the, uh, listening to the show. Thank you for downloading again. Subscribe if you can. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on a few more. Uh, Anchor, obviously, is where we're coming from. Um, and I come from you here uh, live in New York on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday. Uh, I figured that I would do this podcast outside because it was a gorgeous day. Why, why not? So with that, I leave you. Uh, I'll be back here Monday night to break down the, the France-Belgium semifinal. Uh, and I will speak to you then. Thank you very much, guys, and talk to you soon.